Welcome to the Fresh Start Church Podcast, where we exist to influence a nation with revival. Here you'll find preached messages from our pastors. We pray that the spirit of revival is imparted to you as you listen. To watch live, check us out on YouTube or visit our website at freshstartaz.com. And to stay connected with us, be sure to follow us on Instagram and Facebook. I'm going to preach on something this morning that I believe is one of the possibly the greatest threat to the enemy, I guess, possibly, because he was the prince of pride. Yes? He is Leviathan. The enemy is. Are y'all with me? And so I don't know about you, and I just told you the, the story about the mall thing, but you multiply that by hundreds of thousands not just of that particular sin and but anything and everything and it's not only in the world it's in the church as well we must see the hand and the power of God break in to where people look at our nation and at the church in this nation and they do not call a famous name they don't even call a president they say God Jesus Christ Are you following what I'm saying? Jesus Christ has changed my life. They have to say this was the hand and the power of God. And the reality is, is that you and I are in the earth today as conduits of that power. And this is what my husband has put forth, among other things, the last two weeks, is that we must believe that signs will follow. Amen? Signs will follow those who believe. We must have faith. It comes according to our faith. But I want to show us something else this morning. And I've entitled this Clay Jars, The Price and the Process to Pure Power. Clay Jars, The Price and the Process to Pure Power. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 7. It says, But we have this treasure in earthen vessels, that the excellence of the power may be of God, and say it with me, and not of us. The price and the process to pure power, clay jars. Fresh start, we're clay jars. As we host hundreds of people this week, we're clay jars. In the Passion Translation, it says it like this. We are like common clay jars that carry this glorious treasure within so that the extraordinary overflow of power will be seen as God's and not ours. Hallelujah. Ephesians 1.19 in the Passion Translation that he has been using the last couple of weeks, I pray that you will continually experience the immeasurable greatness of God's power that is made available to you through faith, then, then, then your lives will be an advertisement of this immense power as it works through you. Ephesians 3.20, never doubt God's mighty power to work in you and accomplish all this. He will achieve infinitely more than your greatest request, your most unbelievable dream, and exceed your wildest imagination. He will outdo them all for his miraculous power constantly energizes you. Come on and praise him for the word this morning. Hallelujah. You can be seated in the presence of the Lord. Thank you, worship team. Here comes the power. Pull on the power. A question that he set forth, where has all the power gone? These are all very valid and they're very necessary phrases or questions for such a time as this. And I've already said the reason why is because we have people not only in the world, but people in the church that must see the power of God. Not what we have to offer them, but what God has to offer them. 
The crazy thing, I think it's a crazy thing, is that God has chosen us as earthen vessels, as a conduit for his power. But we must be careful to have revelation that the excellence of the power must be understood that it is from God and not from us. Pull on the power. Where's all the power gone? If you take the world out of the equation, who unquestionably needs to see and experience the power of God, and as I've said a moment ago, just only consider the church, we too unquestionably need an undeniable breaking in of God and only God, God's power. Unfortunately, church has become a place to go and church has become a place where I use my gifts, come on, making the emphasis on a place and not so much a person who brings this immeasurable, exceeding power. Nice comfort zones of non-confrontational sermons are surrounded by a lot of fun things that I believe are really distractions from the main thing. We have strayed off course and culture is a reflection of this. We need the power of God to break in and to shake everything. There is a price, however, and a process to the pure power. And few want to do what it takes to get there. Come on, fresh star. Pure power. All God. Less of us. The manifestation of who he is through people, through the church, and through the nations. The potential is there because it's listed in the scriptures that I just read. But the price and the process stand between the potential and the manifestation. Leave that up there for just a moment. The potential for this power that we have been preaching about is there. It is listed in the scriptures that I read and many more. But the price and the process stand between the potential and the manifestation. I am crying out for a manifestation of the power of God that no person can put their name on, that no one can take the credit for that only God will get the attention. The price and the process stand between the potential and the manifestation. I'm just going to say it like this. We have to be able to walk through the grocery store and the mall and wherever else that we are and the demons come up to us. Oh, come on church, because they understand that it is the power of God that is in an earthen vessel that is going to set that person free. There's a price and a process that stands between the potential and the manifestation for a start. And in this next season of revival, we are going to see that in Jesus' name. 21st century church unfortunately doesn't reflect the first century church in a lot of ways. Can I say that? And one of those ways is trying to obtain the excellence, the overflow, the immeasurable greatness and the mighty power without the suffering, without the sacrifice, but with a spotlight. without the suffering, without the sacrifice, and with a spotlight. Oh, I'm gonna break it down for you. 
You trust me. We're trying to obtain this excellent overflow of power, this immeasurable greatness of power, this mighty power without the suffering, without the sacrifice, but with a spotlight. And none of these were a description of the first century church. We cannot change the package and get the same power. And as I meditated on 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 7, clay jars full of pure power, I read the context written by the Apostle Paul, which you should in all scriptures that you read, and saw three things that comprise, maybe not the only things, but three things that comprise the price and the process. And they are this, do away with boasting, Bow to brokenness to experience a beyond weighty glory. Leave that up there. Clay jars full of his pure power. To see the manifestation that you read throughout the context of what the Apostle Paul is saying, we must do away with boasting. We must bow to brokenness and to experience a beyond weighty glory. You see, the Corinthian church apparently had a pride problem. And I'll list some of those scriptures in just a moment from 1st and 2nd Corinthians alone, but we will do well to heed the words of the Apostle Paul to a church, the Corinthian church, that was in a corrupt culture that needed to see the power of God on display. You see, the, the, the culture around this Corinthian church, they worship the Greek gods and the goddesses. Basically, they worship demons. They were open open rebellion and in sexual sin and, and promiscuity and immorality. Much of this cultural influence had been brought into the church. How many have read 1st and 2nd Corinthians? Come on. But after receiving Christ, they needed to know the price and the process to the real pure power of the only true God. Y'all help me in the room this morning. Does this sound like America? Come on. Does this sound like the church in America? And now you understand maybe a little greater why I say this is probably one of the most uh, uh, feared and dreaded messages messages of the enemy himself because if he understands one thing he understands that you and I have been chosen by God to possess all glory and all power that belongs to him so what he tries to do is to get us operating in pride to get us operating in arrogance to get us concentrating on the jar instead of the power that is supposed to be coming out of the jar. Am I making any sense? Thank God. Do away with boasting, bow to brokenness to experience a beyond weighty glory. So with that backdrop, we approach 2 Corinthians 4, 7, clay jars full of pure power. Nudge your neighbor, say you're a clay jar. Come on. Just a container. I said, we're just a container. Fresh start revivalist, I said, we're just a container. I said, we're just a container. We're clay jars. It is his power. It is his pure power. And pure means there is no mixture and there is no substance other than him. There has been manifestations of the power of God throughout the generations. And some have ended their time of being used by God, I guess I could say, after crossing over into glory uh, without having drawn attention to themselves and their jar, but only attention to him. And I hope I'm making sense this morning, but can I say that that is very few. And I don't know about you, but I don't want to be guilty of that because so many get a taste of the power of God, the pure power of God, 
It's his power, and his power is pure. No other substance than him. But he uses our container to release that pure power. He doesn't need us. Hear me. He doesn't need us. God is God. In the beginning, there was God, and God spoke a word, and God created heavens and the earth. God doesn't need us, but he chooses us to use us. And in this scripture, Paul is saying that it's the overflowing power that gets the attention, not the jar. Notice the language and the mindset and the perspective of the Apostle Paul as I walk you through these verses. Four, chap chapter 4, verse 1. Now it's because of God's mercy that we have been entrusted with the privilege of this new covenant ministry. We have been entrusted with the privilege of this new covenant ministry. And we will not quit or faint with weariness. I just want to pause right here a moment and tell the spirits of darkness and most of all the spirit of religion that this revival will not quit. We're not going to quit. We're not going to give in. We're not going to give up. Go ahead and bring your best shot. We're not going to quit. Go ahead and bring your best criticism. We're not going to quit. Go ahead and bring. Bring it. Bring it. We're not going to quit. Why? Because we have been entrusted with the privilege to carry. We're not going to quit and we're not going to faint with weariness. Come on, revivalists. I said we're not going to quit and we're not going to faint with weariness. We're not going to back off. We're not going to slumber. We're not going to quit. We're going to keep forging forward because we have been entrusted with the privilege to carry this. Verse 5, we don't preach ourselves, <laughs> but rather the lordship of Jesus Christ. For we are your servants for Jesus' sake. For God who said let brilliant light shine out of darkness is the one who has cascaded his light into us. We are like common clay jars that carry this glorious treasure within so that the extraordinary overflow of power will be seen as God's and not ours. My consideration today is possibly we fail to experience the pure power because we fail to pay the price and to go through the process. And the first test is boasting. Nudge your neighbor and say, I'm not going to look at you if you don't look at me. Come on, tell him. <laughs> Second Corinthians chapter 10. Now, if you read first and second Corinthians, I mean, literally, this shirt had a pride problem. I dare say that we in America, the church, is guilty of a pride problem. Come on, Fresh Start, we're not exempt. Talk to me in this room. You think I wanted to preach on pride today? You think I wanted to preach on boasting today? No, there's a whole lot of other things that I could have chosen. But the Holy Ghost said and showed me multiple times that the power of God must be not only in my life, but in your life and in this revival and in the church and this nation. And if it's going to manifest, we must understand the price and the process. And the first thing he had to deal with was not boasting. For the one who boasts must boast in the Lord. So let's be clear. To have the Lord's approval and commendation is of greater value than bragging about oneself. I think that's just worthy to read again. For the one who boasts must boast in the Lord. So let's be clear. To have the Lord's approval and commendation of, is of greater value than of bragging about oneself. They had a pride problem. 
It is valid that our vessel and our container is filled with God and to be used by God. But it should never be allowed to escape, escape our attention that we are privileged to carry his power. We are entrusted with the privilege to carry his power. 2 Corinthians 4.1 again. It is because of God's mercy. I said it is his mercy that we have been entrusted with the privilege of this new covenant ministry. Fresh start. For the past seven years, the Lord has allowed us by his grace to sustain a move of his spirit that has touched and changed lives. We should be forever grateful that the grace has not lifted. Stacy prayed something on Wednesday night, and I don't maybe not be quoting exactly how she said it, but it gripped me as she prayed in the beginning part of her prayer at Gap on Wednesday night. Thank you, Lord, for allowing Fresh Start Church to be chosen to host and to carry revival. No. No, you need to thank him this morning. I said, you need to thank him this morning. I said, you need to thank him this morning. You need to praise him this morning. You need to give him glory this morning. Come on. We have been entrusted with a treasure, a ministry, the revival at any point. If you and I begin to take it for granted or to take credit or to take ownership, then we move from carrying the revival to prostituting the revival to using it for personal gain. I am preaching in this place this morning. You better hear the word of the Lord if you want to see the power that you have been shouting about. If I want to see the power that I am talking about, we must understand that we have a treasure on the inside of us. We are just the container. If you take it for granted, if you take the credit, if you take ownership, you remove, you move from carrying it to prostituting it, using something for your personal gain. Now I'm going to say that again. I'm going to say that again. I'm going to say that again, because it's not only for this house, it's for across this nation right now. If you begin to take credit for it, if you begin to take ownership, if you begin to take it for granted, you, my friend, have moved from carrying that treasure to prostituting it and using it for personal gain. In one of my recent messages here in the last few months, I made this statement in this context, is God using us or are we using God? Come on. Come on, talk to me, y'all. We're a clay jar, we're a container, we're a vessel. There is pure power on the inside of us. The potential of seeing that manifest in great dimension is there, but there is a price and there is a process. And the Apostle Paul is telling us, don't boast. I submit, possibly, that much of what is done in his name is not for his name, but for our name. Knowingly or unknowingly, we fall into the trap of not boasting of the Lord, but of boasting of the container that carries the Lord and his power. It's subtle, but it's real. I said it's subtle, but it's real. And it can happen to anyone. It's happened to many. It can happen to us, but it will not in Jesus' name. The Lord has spoken to us recently, and I don't have time right now in this message to break this down, but he's told us as a staff and a ministry team, protect the pure and slay the giant. Protect the pure and slay the giant. Protect the pure and slay the giant. You see, we know what the pure is. What is the giant? There's a lot of things that go under the heading of the giant, and this is one of them, and it's pride. Come on, somebody. It can happen to anyone, it has happened to many, so we've got to guard our hearts because God will not share his glory or his power with anyone. It doesn't matter if you're a clay jar. If you're elevating the clay jar, the power will not manifest. Come on. Hallelujah. We got to settle in our hearts, and I do mean settle. 
That if I get recognized, if you get recognized or not, we're not going to quit. Why we're not going to quit? I read it to you. Put it back up there again. 2 Corinthians 4.1. Because it's because of God's mercy. It's because of God's mercy. It's because of God's mercy. Whether you get recognized, whether I get recognized, whatever happens, whatever doesn't happen on my behalf or on your behalf, it's because of God's mercy that we have been entrusted with this. And we will not quit. I said we will not quit. We have been entrusted with this. It's because of his mercy. Continuing on in 1 Corinthians, chapter 3, verses 5 through 7, you can see the pride problem they had because he says, who's Apollos, really? Is that up there? Yeah, okay. Who is Apollos, really? I'm going to rest on this one for a moment. Who is Apollos, really? You fill in the blank. Who is Paul? You fill in the blank. Who is Apollos? Who is Paul? Fill in the blank of your favorite preacher there. Fill in the blank of that person that you follow around and you follow around and you follow around. Who is Apollos, he said. Really? This is the Apostle Paul. Or who is Paul? He's talking about himself. Aren't we both just servants through whom you believed our message? Aren't each of us doing the ministry the Lord has assigned to us? I was the one who planted the church and Apollos came and cared for it, but it was God who caused it to grow. This means the one who plants is not anybody special, nor the one who waters, for God is the one who brings the supernatural growth. Come on, Fresh Start. Come on. Come on. Listen to the quote in the Revival Bible. For those of you who have it, page 1583, in Jesus' name. <laughs> Carnality motivates believers to derive a sense of importance through identification, don't turn me down, and association and belonging to any recognized group or significant leader instead of recognizing the need for identification and sense of worth that develops in the revived intimate relationship with Christ. Carnality motivates believers to derive a sense of importance through identifying and associating and belonging to a recognized, recognized group or significant leader instead of recognizing the need for identification and sense of worth in your intimate relationship with Jesus Christ, my God, I am preaching. Thank you, Revival Bible, whoever wrote that. Is this not the truth? And I know what your answer is going to be, but don't we want to see the power? I mean, seriously, don't we want to see the power? Then we got to get rid of that stuff. Check our hearts, oh God. Check our hearts. Search our hearts, oh God. See if there be any wrong way within us. Create in us a clean heart, oh God. Renew a right spirit on the inside of us, oh God. Boy, I am waxing lengthy on this point. Glory to God. Hallelujah. It's a preacher term, all right? But understand. Look, God has positioned fivefold ministers and anointed them and graced them and blessed them, us, with giftings and talents and anointings and abilities. It was for a purpose, and you can read through the epistles to find out what that purpose was. Ephesians, uh, Philippians, out of all the, 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 the stuff that the Apostle Paul wrote about the fivefold, about the Apostle, the prophet, etc., etc., etc. It is for a reason, but my friend, it is never to be worshipped. It is never to be exalted above Jesus Christ. Come on. We are common clay.
but of him. The potential for this power he's been preaching is there. But between the potential and the manifestation, there is a price and a process. One of them is not boasting. Have I made it pretty plain? And Paul says some striking things to the Corinthian church, and much of the reason is because of this pride. Now, these are not going to be the, on the screen, and I'm going to do this quickly, but listen to this. This is in First and Second Corinthians, a pride problem, a boasting problem, exalting themselves. First Corinthians 129, so that no human being might boast in the presence of God. 131, therefore, as it is written, let him who boasts, boast in the Lord. 37, so neither he who plants nor he who waters is anything, but only God who gives the growth. 321, so let no one boast of men. 4-6, not that none of you may be puffed up in favor of one against another if you if you received it why do you boast as if it were as if it were not a gift for 8 for 18 some are arrogant as though I were not coming to you a 52 and you are arrogant exclamation point are you getting the picture here 1 Corinthians 8, 1, knowledge puffs up, love builds up. 1 Corinthians 13, 4, love is not jealous or boastful, it is not arrogant or rude. Uh, 2 Corinthians 1, 9, hardship comes even up to the brink of death, but that, that was to make us rely not on ourselves, but on God who raises the dead. 3, 5, not that we are sufficient of ourselves to claim anything that is coming from, our, our, from us. Our sufficiency is of God. 4, 7, but we have this treasure in earth and vessels to show that the transcendent power belongs to God and not to us. And 2 Corinthians 12, 9, I will all the more gladly boast of my weaknesses that the power of Christ might rest upon me. Come on, church. Not taking the credit. Not taking the credit. Not working in our own strength. Admitting that we are vessels. Not getting the glory, but giving the glory to him. Admitting our weaknesses. Admitting that all glory and power belongs to God. Boasting in the Lord, wanting Him to get the glory. To get the pure power, you got to pass the price and the process of boasting in the Lord and not bragging about yourself. Philippians 2.21, for all seek their own, not the things which are of Christ Jesus. So subtle, but intentional of the Lord that only those who understand that we are simply earthen vessels housing this divine treasure by the mercy and the grace of God. This is why we are graced with this pure power, the overflow of power. The greatest test in the price and the process is not taking the glory for yourself. Paul is quoting, as, I, as I've given you 2 Corinthians 4, 7 several times, Paul is quoting from Jeremiah chapter 9, uh, verse 23 and 24, and he says, thus says the Lord, let not the wise man boast in his wisdom, let not the mighty man boast in his might, let not the rich man boast in his riches, but let him who boasts boast in this, that he understands and knows me, that I am the Lord who practices steadfast love, justice, righteousness in the earth, for in these things I delight to declares the Lord. Come on. If anybody had a right to boast, it would have been Jesus Christ, the Son of God. Yet we see him continually giving glory to the Father. He kept telling people, don't look at me, look at the Father. He kept telling people, don't look at what I do, look at the Father. If anybody had a right to boast, it was Jesus Christ. But he understood the principle that I am preaching to us out of the revelation of the Apostle Paul is that if Jesus at one moment claimed glory for himself, then the power for the demons being cast out and the miracles happening and the people getting born again would stop because at that moment the attention would have turned to him and not to the Father. Oh, fresh start. Oh, church in America, wake up. There is a nation dying to perversion. They need the power of God. The epidemic of self-exaltation has led us to a numbing and a desensitizing to it. So much that we don't even recognize it for what it is any longer. I don't even recognize it. Our culture feeds it to us. And I'm not going to get on this today, but I don't think. Our culture feeds it to us. Every form of social media. 
every platform of social media. TV, probably, I guess. I don't watch much of it anymore. But I'm telling you, it just feeds it to us. You know why? Because Lucifer wants you and I to fall just like he fell. Preach with me. Preach with me, fresh start. Come on, there's going to be some power. There's going to be the power, the pure power of God released. But between the potential and the manifestation, there is a price and a process. I love to hear and I love to tell the stories of revivals of past. Y'all know that around here. And Azusa Street is one of them, of course. And one of the stories that I love is about them being, them being in the glory of God. And the glory of God would be in their meetings and usher into their meetings. And it's been said, and I may not get the exact terminologies right, but there was a mist type stuff that would manifest on the floor, that would rise from the floor, a mist. This mist, it was visible to the eye. This mist would rise on the floor and the, 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 the fire would come on the building. The fire of God would come in the building and on the building and the children, it is said, were known to play in the mist that was on the floor. Come on, somebody. And the neighbors were known to call the fire department because the fire of God was so tangible that the neighbors literally saw the fire on the building. Now, come on, you know the story. Oh, how we love to tell those stories, but do we want to do what they did to get that power? Or do, do, do we just want to keep telling the stories? Because in the context of what I'm speaking about this morning, I also know that William Seymour was known to come into the meetings and put his head inside of a crate box or a crate until he heard the voice of God for the people. But we put our face on everything we can think of. Come on, somebody. Large screens, flyers, make sure that our name is to be known and to be around and with those who can get us more attention. I'm just going to say it like it is. Come on. We have got to protect the pure and we have got to slay the giant of pride if we want the power of God to manifest. I need somebody to agree with me in this room. If we want to keep telling the stories, that'll be fine. But I am past just telling the stories. I want to create some stories of my own, of your own. Come on. So we got to reconcile that. Do we want the power or do we just want attention? Come on. Nudge your neighbor on both sides and say, well, you're a clay jar. I love you, but you're a clay jar. Come on. It's a tough question. Do we really want the power or we just want to pretend like it and get the attention? Because we got a lot of things we can do to keep people's attention these days. Are y'all still knowing that this message is about getting the power of God? <clears throat> but between the potential and the manifestation, there's a process. And there's a price. And we don't have to pay that anymore because we've got all other kinds of things that can grab the attention and keep people coming. As a matter of fact, keep people coming by the droves. By the droves, yet without the power of God. I don't know about you, but I don't want to get and stand before Jesus and have to tell him. He says, I put my pure power on the inside of you, but you didn't pay the price and go through the process so that my power could be manifested and give me the glory that I don't want to stand before him and be responsible for that. Whatever it takes, for as long as it takes, I want to pay the price and go through the process to see the pure power of God. Is that your cry Sunday morning? Is that your cry? Or are you content with just coming to church? Are you content with just doing the church thing? Are you content with just following around the next most popular person? I say in Jesus' name, I'm a clay jar. You're a clay jar. They're a clay jar. He has the power. Do we really want the power or do we just want the attention? 
Now, I'm not pretending like I haven't can pass the test. Did you hear me? But in the end, my friend, does any of our attention, our popularity, or even our anointing matter if the clay jar is the one people remember and not him? Does any of it really matter if the clay jar is the one they remember and not him? We've been entrusted with a treasure, fresh start. So that the power will be known to be from God and not us. From God and not us. Boasting. Number two is about as fun as number one. And that's brokenness. Brokenness. He's chosen a clay jar, but you're going to have to break it for the light to shine through. You're going to have to break it. It's going to have to be broken. 2 Corinthians 4, 7. Notice that I'm still in the context of the opening scripture. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels, clay jars, that the excellence of the power may be of God and not us. Now look at verse 8. We are hard-pressed on every side, yet not crushed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. We are persecuted, but not forsaken. We are struck down, but not destroyed. I'll just pause right here and say, between the potential and the manifestation, there's a price and there's a process to the pure power. Always carrying about in the body, body, the dying of our Lord Jesus, that the life of Jesus may be manifested in our body. For we who live are always being delivered to death for Jesus' sake. This is such a shouting message today. Hallelujah. That the life of Jesus may be manifested in our mortal flesh. So then, death is working in us, but life in you. And since we have the same spirit of faith according to what is written, I believed and therefore I spoke, we also believe and therefore speak, knowing that he raised up the Lord Jesus will also raise us up with Jesus and will present us with you, present us with you. He's speaking as an apostle. Present us as an apostle with you. Come on. With you, for all things are for your sakes, that grace, having spread through the many, in other words, and I'll read it in another translation in a minute, grace has gone to many people, light has gone to many people, this will cause thanksgiving to abound to the glory of God. Come on church, there it is again. Only broken people can hold the pure power of God. It is interesting but also a bit disconcerting that Paul chooses to list the conditions that the clay jar is surrounded by, okay? It's, it's, a, it's, it's, it's great that he did that so we'll know, but it's, it's disconcerting. It's, 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 it's alarming. I'm, I'm the only one that thinks that. Come on, revivalist. I'm getting ready to speak something to you right now because if this power that we have been asking God for is going to manifest to the the magnitude that we are longing for. We have got to understand that all of the things that we have been going through has been for one purpose. I'm not discounting spiritual warfare and attacks of the demonic, but here's one thing that I know firsthand for 38 and a half years of ministry. It is this, that anytime I have to walk through a hard place, a pressing place, a tight place, a place of affliction, a place where it comes against my flesh, that that is when some kind of crack is being made in this clay pot. Are you hearing what I'm saying? That there is a breaking of the clay pot. We've got too many polished, perfect clay pots that are propagating a message that they're not living because they don't have any cracks in their pot. Come on. Now ask your neighbor, are you a cracked pot? Come on, come on. <clears throat> I say, let it be so. Are you a cracked pot? Cracked. 
lost it. These were the conditions that is supposed to surround the pot that carries the pure power. This is the atmosphere. Hard press, persecution, struck down, death working in us, price and process. The atmosphere must be right for the light and the power to shine through and that atmosphere is brokenness. He's got to have a broken and imperfect people that surrounds his perfection and his wholeness. Did you get that? We're a clay pot, we're earthen vessel. On the inside of us is the pure power, the great power, the, 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 the excellent power. But the atmosphere must be a broken and imperfect pot. Judges chapter 7. Gideon divided the 300 men into three groups and each man had a trumpet and an empty jar with a burning torch on the inside of it. And the Gideon's men blew their trumpets and smashed their jars. Fresh start. You can't just blow your trumpet and not smash your jar. the torch is going to shine, then the jar has to be broken. Now, you read any commentary, any whatever, blah, 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 on 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 4, verse 7, and it's going to take you, or some will, to Gideon and the pots there. But man, in the context of revival, in the context of revival, especially the sound of revival, Jesus, help me say this. The sound of revival, And I'm not just talking about an, an, an audible sound. I'm talking about an inaudible sound. The spirit. We know what that means around here. You can't just blow your trumpet. You can't just blow your horn and not smash your jar. Because the trumpet that they hear and the trumpet that they perceived will not have any substance to it if the jar is perfect and intact. Come on, y'all. So it's got to be a cracked pot so the light can shine through. They held their torches in their left hand and the trumpets in their right hand and they blew their trumpets and they shouted a sword for the Lord and the sword for Gideon. There must be a blowing of the trumpet, but it is incomplete without the smashing of the jar. One person said, I love this picture for us as Christians that we are clay, clay pots and the torch within is the Holy Spirit. He's the treasure in our earthen vessels and it is through our own cracks and weaknesses that his light can show forth in our lives. They go on to say, the more that we allow the pots to be broken before him, the more his power is released. God is willing to clothe himself with you and me if we will do this. I'm reminded of the woman who broke her alabaster box. Gotta stop boasting and we've got to embrace brokenness. Jesus. While he was at Bethany in the house of Simon the leper, as he was reclining at the table, a woman came with an alabaster jar flask of ointment of pure nard, very costly, and she broke the flask and poured it over his head. The kind of power that the church and the world needs can release, be released only through broken vessels because this is why. There is a certain aroma that comes with brokenness. There is also an aroma that comes with pride. Are y'all bored yet? There's a certain aroma that comes with the brokenness, but there's also one that comes with pride. And the enemy recognizes this aroma that comes with brokenness. Of course, he recognizes the aroma of pride. But most importantly, Jesus recognizes the aroma that comes with brokenness. 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verses 14 through 15. But thanks be to God, who in Christ always leads us in triumphal procession. And through us, there it is again, fresh start, through us, 
spreads the fragrance of the knowledge of him. Come on, talk to me. Spreads the knowledge of the, uh, the fragrance of the knowledge of him everywhere. For we are the aroma of Christ to God among these who are being saved and among those who are perishing. There is a certain fragrance that he is trying to attain and the mixing of the components is found in a bowl called brokenness. Come on. Psalm 34. The Lord is near to those who have a broken heart and saves such as a contrite heart. One person said this, you and I will never meet God in revival until we have met him in brokenness. Brokenness is a shattering of my self-will. It is a stripping of my self-reliance. It is a softening of the soil of my heart. Come on, fresh start, revivalist. I want us to see the pure power, and it looks very different than much of what we're seeing on Instagram and Facebook and this one and that one. It looks nothing like our modern-day marketing that we have concocted to give God the glory while we're receiving all of it. I wanted you to see the atmosphere of pure power. It is hard-pressed, persecution, struck down, death working in us. Now, come on, how many understand that these things make us into the pot that God needs for the power to come out? Hear me now. Don't you quit because it got hard. Don't you quit because testing came. Don't you quit because you got your pride hurt. Don't you quit because this attack came. Don't you quit because you had to face this. Stop blaming that one. Stop blaming this one. Stop naming names. You hear me now. You understand. You understand. We rebuke the devil when it's time to rebuke the devil. But we understand that things, some things that we walk through is not so much about rebuking the devil, but it's about making this clay pot ready. And oh, come on. And the atmosphere ready to release the pure power of God. We need to give him a five second praise break right now because he's doing it. He's doing it on the inside. Come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. I'm almost done. Come on, come on, come on. Let me talk to you for a minute. Some of you have gone through tr tough times, rough times. Some of you have picked up and moved here from across this nation. You're sitting in this room today from different states in this nation because you were hungry for more of God. As a matter of fact, we have a family that's sitting here today, right here, that came from Austria. Did I get it right? Austria. They came from Austria. They moved here, y'all. They moved here from Austria. You hear the word of the Lord? You understand when you start aligning with the things of the Spirit, when you start trying to pull on the greater power of God and the, and the immeasurable greatness of His power, when you start doing and pressing into this, revivalists, hear me. This is why, this is why, unfortunately, I think that we have the name as the Revival Church. That's what I've heard anyway. Oh, we're a Revival Church. My, my, the last time that I checked, every church was supposed to be a Revival Church. I kid you not. That's what people call us. Oh, you are, turn my mic up. Oh, you are the revival church. You're the revival church. Excuse me, but the same book of Acts that you read is the same book of Acts that I read. And the miracles and the signs and the wonders and the power and the presence of God should be in your church as much as it is in this church. It is not a revival church, my friend. It is a New Testament church that Jesus set forth on the day of Pentecost. Every church should be a revival church. You hear the word of the Lord right now. You stay with me because the reason why we don't have, quote, more revival churches, which is really normal and book of Acts, is because this is the testimony, what I have been reading to you, of a revival church. We are hard-pressed. We are persecuted. We are afflicted. We are pressed down. Come on, somebody. 
somebody. This is the testimony. But what we have created in the church world today is a place where people can go and they don't have to be struck down and they don't have to be persecuted and they don't have to be afflicted and they don't have to be talked about. And this is the kind of church that I want because it's la da da, skip to do, whatever, whatever. And God is sick in heaven because he said, if they will pay the price process, I want to unlock my power through them. So I said all that to say, if you've been going through some stuff, it's cracking your pot. Cracking your pot. Is that okay to say? Sorta. Jar, jar. Pot, okay. Have the millennials telling me how to phrase this. So like I said, it's cracking your pot. Come on, somebody. It's cracking this vessel. It's bringing us into alignment to honor him and not ourselves, and not one another. Now, now I know the Bible says to honor and love one another. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about the boastful. I'm talking about the... This is crushing Leviathan today, y'all. It's a spirit of pride. How about Kashikide? Because the redeeming factor, revivalists at Fresh Start, is you may be hard-pressed on every side but you're not crushed. You may be perplexed, but you're not in despair. You may be persecuted, but you're not forsaken. Struck down, but not destroyed. The life of Jesus is manifested in your body and in your mortal flesh so that it can be manifested in others. Are you getting how this is a pre-conference sermon this morning? Talk to me. This is all happening. So I say to us, say to the larger body of Christ, power between the potential and the manifestation, there's a price and a process. Stop bragging. Let your pot be cracked. Because he's the only one that needs to get the glory. And I say to you in this room, especially, who've been walking this walk with us for some years now. Jesus answered and said in Mark 10, surely I say that there's no one who has left houses or brothers or sisters or family or mother, mother or wife or children or lands for my sake and the gospel who shall not receive a hundredfold now in this time, houses, brothers, sisters, mother, children, and lands with persecutions and in the age to come eternal life. He's gonna reward you. The greatest reward is that through the cracks in me, his light shines. The power emanates. And that I can see and name names, which I'm not going to do because I pray forget all of them, but I name names of how I saw the glory shine. I know Joey's name. I saw the glory shine on Joey. Yes, Joey. I saw, I saw the glory shine on Carl. saw the glory shine on all of you. And that's going to be multiplied over and over, not just this week from people coming across the nation, but it's going to be from here on out. If we really want this power, we understand it's not about the pot. It's about the treasure. So sacrifice and suffering framed the first century church. We got to understand that. Sacrifice and suffering framed the first century church. But unfortunately, it's foreign in the 21st century church. And I submit to us today, could this be where all the power has gone? Could this be why all the power has gone? One of the reasons, at least, 
obtaining it without a price. And could it be that we've gone so long in this type of mindset that we truly do not even want or even need the pure power because we've learned to exist on a form without it just to make religion mad? We've learned to exist on a form without it. The price and the process will never change. There is a dying world and a dying church and we must have the break-in of this pure power. We can no longer short-circuit the process. Amen. The jar must be broken for the power to shine. And let me stop and say this and I have one more point and I'm done and we're gonna, we're gonna cry out to God today before we leave. Humility and brokenness, which is what I've been talking about, of course, are not weak and passive. Humility and brokenness, because that's automatically what people think. I mean, seriously, come on. It's not intimidated. Is not, uh, humility and brokenness is not non-confrontational and spineless and non-vocal. Humility and brokenness They are not doormats and pushovers and wallflowers. Humility and brokenness, both in empowerment and empowerment to carry a voice, to carry an anointing, to carry a strength and a confidence for confrontation against the works of the enemy, the works of the flesh, that enable all the glory, they, humility and brokenness enable all the glory to go to him and not to us. We are human, we are flawed, and we must constantly check ourselves on this. Come on. How many perfect people came to church today? Okay, there you go. There you go. None of us. Please hear the word. Jesus was very strong, very anointed, very confident. Jesus was very confrontational and very vocal. Come on. But all of the glory, as I told you a few moments ago, went to the Father. And because of that, he walked in pure power. Come on. I said pure power. Hallelujah. Last point. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 13 through 17. I said in the beginning that as I began to study this scripture in 2 Corinthians 4, 7, I saw things that comprised the price and the process. Do away with boasting, bow to brokenness in order to experience a beyond weighty glory. Yes, all things work for your enrichment so that more of God's marvelous grace will spread, here we go for a start, to more and more people resulting in an even greater increase of praise to God, bringing him even more glory. Can you take a little more? I'm I'm almost done, seriously. Look, last page. And I know I've read a lot of scriptures, but that's what you need, that's what we need. All things work for your enrichment so that more of God's marvelous grace will spread to more and more people. Revival will spread to more and more people. The grace that God has put on us go to more and more people, resulting in an even greater increase of praise, not to us, not to Fresh Start, but to God, bringing Him even more glory. So no wonder we don't give up. Come on. For even though our outer person gradually wears out, and everybody say amen, our inner being is being renewed day by day. We view our short-lived troubles in light of eternity, look at this, and we see our difficulties as the substance that produces for us an eternal weighty glory far beyond comparison. Shout in this place for the eternal weight of his glory. Now I'm going to tell you something and I'm going to have you stand. You don't want to leave because we're going to go offline and I'm going to make an announcement after we go offline. I feel like we, we need to do that not while we're not online today. It has to do with where God is taking us 
And uh, so the reason why I say that is because some people think everybody stand and bow your heads is the exit. Come on, somebody, all right? Not everybody, but some people do, all right? But let me say this to you before I have you stand. The weighty glory that is talked about here, yes, is the glory in eternity. Yes, it is. But as I was meditating on it and considering everything that I've told you, especially about the broken clay jar, this weighty glory, this beyond glory, I believe is something that we can experience at least in measure here and now. Maybe not the heaven kind, are you with me? But what God, the, the, more, the more that we're willing to pay the price and go through the process, the greater the glory, the greater the power. If, we, if God is drawn to a broken and a humble heart, if he receives all the glory and the boast or the worship that he's worthy of, he will inhabit our pots, our vessels, and this atmosphere of us and this place as well with a weight of his presence that is far beyond all comparison. Did that make sense? I believe that. I believe that. It said that your difficulties is the substance that is producing the weighty glory. Come on, talk to me. Your difficulties is the substance that is producing the weighty glory. My, my, my mind went to uh, Psalm 103 verse 7. He made his ways known to Moses and his deeds to the people of Israel. Listen to this quote from the Revival Bible. It says this, true humility attracts God's majesty. It is no accident that Moses the man was the most intimate was the most intimate and intimacy and power with God. Had the most intimacy and power with God and was also the most humble. Only true humility helps us see the purposes of God without distorting them with our own self-seeking ways. God requires humility. Moses understood God's eternal purposes and knew God's ways and God's acts. As such, the Lord spoke to him face to face as friend to friend. Our first calling is to be the friend of God. Hear the word of the Lord. Our first calling is to be the friend of God. When we are his true friend, we will have true intimacy and only then can he trust us with true Power. Thank you for listening in to the Fresh Start Church podcast, where we exist to influence a nation with revival. You can order Pastor Kim's book, Doorkeepers of Revival, at doorkeepersofrevival.com. And you can listen to Fresh Start Revival Worship on Apple Music, Spotify, or wherever you stream your music. Thank you for tuning in. We'll see you next time.